this episode is for all the mamas who have one child to multiple kids, but you are in the zone of being a mom and you are trying to get everything done, do multitasking all day long, making decisions from when you wake up to when you go to sleep. And one day you realize, wow, your youngest is three. (laughs) So that's what's happening to us. We have five kids and our smallest is three. And I figure, you know what? I'm gonna do lessons from your youngest child because it was a moment of reflection that happened this past couple of weeks and it's still happening. It doesn't stop. But I wanted to share with you some of the lessons we have from our youngest. And when I say we, it's me and my husband. I actually asked him for some input for this episode because I feel like this is super important, not just only for being a mom or a parent, but also it does help with homeschooling. It does help with if uh, you have a business. It basically can be applied to your life. And this little kid taught us a few things. So I definitely wanted to share it with you. And I'm super appreciative for all of you listeners tuning in. And I just wanted to say I am thankful for each and every one of you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you are relaxing, drinking your smoothie or your shake or your coffee or whatever it is that's your vibe and relaxing to listen to a podcast or maybe you're literally in the middle of something cleaning and you have this in your ear or you're in the shower because that's where I listen to a lot of my podcasts when I'm in the shower. Hey, I am grateful for you. If anyone didn't tell you that today, I hope that you feel that in your heart and your soul. All right, friends, let's jump into this episode. Aloha, mamas. You've made it to the Homeschooling Entrepreneur Mom podcast. I'm Kavaya Quinn, RN turned full-time entrepreneur and homeschool rock star to five kiddos. I know you're frustrated with homeschooling. You know there's a way to make it fun, but you haven't figured it out yet. And you're overwhelmed with combining homeschool and making money from home. You're wishing for a way to integrate homeschooling and building a business while giving your kiddos the gift of entrepreneurship. So if you're ready to create a homeschool filled with fun and adventures while you're making money, get your favorite mama juice and throw your hair in a messy bun. Let's get to work. Aloha, my friends. Welcome to another episode. Thank you for tuning in for this one because this is a little off the track of homeschooling and business, but I wanted to put in a little parenting slash mama lessons today for us moms who have littles, especially if you have a little who is your last child, like that's your goal, that's your last child. You're like, no, we're not going to have any more. This can definitely be applied to however many kids you have. But if you are like me, I have five kids and my youngest turned three this past week. And I was sitting here thinking like, what episode should I really talk about? And I, what came to my heart, what I feel like God placed this on my heart. He's like, you need to do a little episode on lessons from your youngest child. Because let me just give you some (laughs) background. Having five kids is, they're all very different. You should all, you know that if you have like more than one child, 
your kids are all different from each other. They all have their own personality, their own little um, things they love to do, interests, uh, things that trigger them or <laughs> ways you have to calm them down. A lot of it is very different from one child to the next. So parenting is never straightforward. Being a mama is never like one size fits all. So I learned that real quick from my first and second. They were very different, had some similarities, but most of the things, especially with homeschooling and teaching them, I had to almost like relearn ways to teach my second child. Same thing with my third, my baby girl, who's my fourth, is continuing that tradition. (laughs) So I'm always learning, not only as a homeschool mom, but just as a mom in general. And I figure, you know what? In honor of my baby, let's do a lesson just from him. What did he teach us? So I have four boys and one girl. First three are boys. Number four is the girl. And she is well balanced by number five. Because I always say, if she was the only girl and the youngest, holy moly, (laughs) I think it would have just been way more hard (laughs) to like rein in the princess factor and all of that. But she is well balanced by our baby boy. He makes sure to let her know that I am still the youngest child in this house and I will get just as much attention as you and all the things. But he is fun. He is full of, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, like full of energy, but it's not stressful energy. It's, it's such a joy to watch him. And I love just like sitting down and seeing what he's going to do next because he's that type of little kid. So I was like, you know what? Let me collect some information on what am I learning from this little person. And I actually sat down with my husband and I asked him like, what are some lessons that you have learned from our youngest? And what can I share with my listeners so that maybe they're not aware of it? Maybe they haven't seen it, but once, like, I don't know if you're like me, like sometimes it's been happening so often in my house, but I'm just so busy. Things are going, like 5 million things are going through my head that I just overlook it over and over and over again. I overlook the lesson. I overlook like maybe a quirk that they have that could super be important. And then once somebody else like brings it aware to me or once I hear it, I'm like, oh my gosh. My kid does that too. And that makes total sense. So if you have an aha moment today in this episode, then amazing. I think that's incredible. (laughs) So let's jump into the lessons from, I said your youngest child, because I feel like this could apply to a lot of you who have more than one kid and you have a baby, whether they're still a baby or you just call them the baby of the family. So number one. And this is in no particular order. (laughs) This is literally just like what came out of our our little brainstorm session, me and my husband. So number one was stop saying they're too young to remember. You may have heard this, but I I remember I used to say this a long time ago. We don't ever say this again. um, It's literally not in our vocabulary anymore. Because we started to be aware of what we said. The words you say are super important to the point 
where you unconsciously start to believe them whether or not you really want to believe them. So I remember it wasn't more so me saying it. I remember other people would say it to me and then I would kind of agree along with it. Oh yeah, they're still kind of young. And that's kind of how I remember having this saying incorporated into my life years ago. It was when my oldest was like one or two years old. And they're like, you're, you know what? They're, they're too young to remember. So you don't even have to do that. Like, don't go on that trip. They're not even going to remember going to Disneyland. They're not even going to remember experiencing all these things. And I remember I said, well, the thing is, you will. You as the parent will remember it. And you can continue to keep that memory alive by sharing it with them. And not just you as a parent, your husband will remember it. And if you have older kids, they will remember it too. And they can share their perspective with that youngest child, whether or not that youngest child will remember. But I also feel the lesson that comes from this, like stop saying they're too young to remember it. Because when you start doing things when they are younger, for instance, like I said, my baby just turned three and we love going on adventures our family like he is involved in our blueberry picking (laughs) he's involved in our bike rides on the bike path like we we take him everywhere to experience everything and I remember when we did this with our oldest three boys my um my oldest he remembered quite a bit more than like the next two and sometimes when the next two would say I don't remember going to that. My oldest would say, oh, you did. And I remember you were cracking up and laughing and this. I remember you didn't like that. I remember blah, blah, blah. And then you can see in your other kids' faces, like almost that they're lighting up or that memory is now being played in their head. And that's one of the fun things. The other fun thing that I believe happens is when you take your kids along, whether it's on a trip, whether it's through an experience, and they're super young. Like for instance, if you go hiking and you backpack with your kids hiking, whatever it is, I truly believe just allowing them to be a part of that adventure also unconsciously instills in them a love for that activity or for that type of um, experience. Because my kids are still young. There are 12, 8, 7, 4, and then my youngest just turned 3. But we take them hiking. We take them hiking. We've gone on bike paths where we've rode for like 12 miles. And my three oldest boys are riding hard, (laughs) just as hard as mom and dad, on this bike path. And they love the outdoors. They love doing all of that stuff because we have been taking them since they were a baby. We don't really get the complaining of like, I don't want to be out here. We don't get that because I believe it was already instilled in them when they were so little. And I also believe that my two youngest, my three and four year old, are going to feel and do the same thing along the way. We didn't introduce it to the oldest when we felt like, oh, you're going to remember now. Now let's do it. No, we didn't wait around for that. We just took them along with us. And the transition into an older age where 
they're more independent they can do a lot on their own it's amazing they i feel like that has allowed us to transition into that smoother so i hope that made sense to you because unconsciously like how we tell ourselves words that maybe if you talk negative to yourself you're starting to believe that your body is starting to feel those negative words flip it to positive words you're starting to feel that too it's starting to feel better you start to love yourself more same thing like same theory with taking your kids on experiences no matter what their age is so that's definitely a lesson we've learned from him number two Little ones go for things 100%. Like like they have no fear. Just think about them walking. There are kids, like not they are kids. These kids are literally standing up. You're telling them, take a step. And they're just trying. Like walk, walk, fall. Let me try again. Get up, walk, walk, fall. And they're barely one, two years old. And they're doing these things. Now, put that into perspective for you. How many things have you done where you're just like, I'm just going to go full in. I'm going to go 100%. I'm going to try with almost no fear. And if something like goes wrong, do you just get back up and try again? Or do you talk yourself out of it? Do you make excuses? That's a lesson that I definitely learned from this little guy. He is our go-getter. I feel like all kids do that, but this one exudes it our baby he was like i want to try i will go and do it and i have found him before he was even walking he could climb so he would pull himself up to a stand climb up our stools our bar stools climb onto our counter pull himself up again and open our top cabinets mind you we baby proofed the bottom ones but those didn't make any sense because he didn't want to get in those but he decided he wanted to climb and go up higher and this, <laughs> this is like, well, okay, I need to change my tactic for baby number five because that never happened to me before. No fear, laughing. I would always have to bring him down, put stools far away because he would just stand up and push him wherever he wanted to go. Baby proof our top cabinets. <laughs> but the whole lesson is he would continue to do it over and over again. No fear. Thank God nothing did happen to him while he was high up there. But (laughs) I'm just saying, most of the times we're the ones as parents, which is good. I'm not just downing this full force, but it's good that we do put boundaries on them. But sometimes are you putting like too much barriers around their, you know, goals? Are you putting too much barriers around their dreams Are you putting too much barriers around your own things? That's the lesson in here. Because instead of doing that, instead of putting like all these barriers up, because it's good to have boundaries. I love boundaries. But if you're putting barriers, and the way I think of it as difference is like barriers are something that's keeping you in, like blocking you in. Instead of doing that, why don't you be the parent that you already are, how you support their growth? Why don't you do that for yourself too? Find boundaries that are healthy, but also ways to support your growth so you can go for things 100%, full force. Because you know what? God is, if God is placing something on your heart, if God 
you know, speaking to you to try something new, to take advantage of an opportunity or to let something go. I know from experience for myself, I probably haven't 100% said, okay, I'm going to let it all go or I'm going to go for full force. I'm a, I may be like a 75, 85%er. I would just like, okay, I'm, I'm going, but there's still a part of me that's like kind of holding back. And over the years, I realized like when you got to take a leap of faith, you got to go 100% because you will see the fruits of all that blessings come into play. And I see it with my little one. And that was a huge lesson that we pointed out when my husband and I was like talking about him. My husband was the one who's like 100% no fear of this kid. <laughs> we got we to gotta take that lesson from him sometimes. Number three, find the joy in the simpleness. And yes, in the simpleness of having your kids at home with you or having time with them between your job, your business. Find the simpleness in that. Sometimes we overcomplicate way too much. And when I, like I said earlier in the episode, when I look at my kids and when I watch my baby, it's so fun to watch him sometimes. When you just sit there, have you ever watched your youngest? Their imagination is amazing. And the way they keep themselves occupied, it's not by doing 5 million things at one time. It's not by multitasking. It's not by like checking off a to-do list. They're literally doing something so simple. Um, a perfect example, my two youngest, the girl and the boy, were playing outside and I was watching them and I was like, what are they doing? They're just like running in circles trying to grab something. And what they were just trying to grab was one of, um, I'm pretty sure it was a weed, but it was just like a part of the flower like broke off and I was just flying in the air and they were just trying to catch it and they weren't trying to catch it to smash it. They were trying to cup it. And so they're running around trying to cup this thing in the air, giggling, laughing, finding so much joy in the simplest thing. And once they caught it, they were like, I just looked at their faces lighting up and I was like, wow, that is so cool that they found joy in the simplest thing in, in life. Because as parents, as mompreneurs, as homeschoolers, just as women, a lot of the times we are rushing through life. We're trying to stay busy, be productive, accomplish the next thing, check off that to-do list that just get, keeps getting longer and longer. And when we rush through everything, all the simple joys are definitely bypassed. And I remember them. I remember my baby and I remember just staring at him and going like, when do I just like look at the sky and be like, wow, that is beautiful. It doesn't like, I'm not a meditator just yet. <laughs> I can't, my mind still goes way too fast for me to just sit down in quiet. That is something I'm working on, but I have found moments to just stop, breathe, look around, appreciate and just like let the breath go in and out. And it almost just like resets my body. So I feel like that's what I learned from my babies. Like finding the simpleness in like life. And then really connecting to the joy that that gives you. Because, you know, I feel like we need to stop and do that sometimes, moms. And 
it doesn't have to take all day because yes, our to-do list is always just going to be there. But when, when do you ever, or like, when are you ever going to prioritize sneaking joy back into your life? And I say sneaking because at the beginning, it's going to feel like we're stealing or sneaking joy back into our lives because we almost feel guilty about it. And then once you realize like you need to stop feeling that guilt, then you're like, I deserve to feel this joy. And then it's going to turn into, wow, I operate so much more fuller, so much more joyful. I show up better as a parent, as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, as a friend when you put more of that into your life but you have to intentionally do it and it starts with just the simplest things and that's that's lesson number three (laughs) we got two more number four is remember this is for my husband and i thought it was like so cute remember that the cuddles carrying and hugs won't be there as often and eventually they will go away yes you probably will get hugs here and there but One day they will stop. One day you will stop carrying your kid up the stairs to their bed. One day you, they will stop jumping into your arms and really loving a hug from you. Or like my kids love to jump on my husband's back. And he has a history of back problems. So I remember him telling me this when we were discussing it. He's like, you know, instead of the perspective of, hey, get off me, you're going to hurt me. He's like, I started telling myself, How can I be stronger? How can I improve my fitness and my health, my back, so that I can be around for these hugs, for these cuddles longer? And I thought that was the cutest thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to put that in there because I love it. Because that's another thing we probably overlook. Our three-year-old is not so light anymore. And there are some times when I'm like, bro, you're so heavy. (laughs) Carrying you around. This is getting heavy. But I also have to remember, like, it's not going to be like that forever. And the time goes by super fast. And then the last one. This is my favorite. Even if things are delayed in your, like, you notice in their learning for your child, they are still learning. And a perfect example is my, I want to say my two youngest. My second one was like this too, but especially my two youngest, their speech is delayed totally delayed. My first one I was talking way before he was one. My second one around two. My third around around two. My fourth and fifth after two. Hello, my fifth is still like he's saying words, but he just refuses to talk to us. And I know I've had people tell me, hey, you need to put them in speech therapy. Hey, they should be talking more. I've had doctors tell me that too. And what I've learned was Having so much kids and people in your house, your babies realize like, I don't have to talk as much for myself, (laughs) but they are learning. My, my youngest, he understands fully what is happening. He can, and, and what blows my mind is even though he is not saying the words, he can communicate very clearly, not just to mom and dad, but to everyone in this house. Even my mom, who comes and visits once in a while, he can communicate what he wants, whether it's by pointing, making sounds, showing things, nodding his head. He can totally communicate in so much more ways 
than just using a word. I know the word would just be easier and would bypass all the other movements and the guessing. But eventually, like, we figure it out. <laughs> yes, we do work with him and the and number four and number five. We do work with them with their speech and things like that. But you know what? Give yourself grace. Give your baby grace. If you really do feel that, like, they need to be evaluated, then definitely follow your mama's heart. But for us, we are like, you know what? <laughs> We're just going to continue to work with you how we worked with our other kids. Now we get all the kids involved because since we know how to understand our kids, they know like we don't have to speak as much. But we get the three oldest boys. You're like, hey, we need you to be a little bit more patient and practice speaking with them more intentionally because they know that they don't have to use words if they can help you figure it out in other ways. So, yes. We're still working on the vocabulary, but the entire lesson is your kids are still learning and you just sometimes got to give yourself grace and give them grace too. So that's also a thing with you. Sometimes you might get really hard on yourself for doing something new. Maybe, maybe you're trying to jump into a new business venture and you're like, you know what? I'm not getting it. I'm trying so hard to figure like the marketing out or something that's really hard for you. But you are intentionally putting the time into it. You're trying to figure out all these ways to make it make sense to you. And if you're like me and an overachiever and trying to figure it out, you probably get frustrated sometimes and you get really hard on yourself. I get hard on myself way too much. And what I realized was the other lesson in this is you need to give yourself grace. You are still learning and you need to give yourself grace too. And maybe you need to go and find someone else to help help you through it. So maybe you have to leverage something, maybe take a course, maybe talk to someone who also does similar businesses that can help either help you or help show you the direction where you can start fast forwarding your progress to. So yeah, those are the lessons from our little child. So quick recap, stop saying they're too young to remember to Little ones go for things 100%, and so should you. Number three, find the joy in the simpleness. Not just of having kids, but also in life for yourself. Number four, just a reminder that the cuddles, caring, and hugs won't be as often. So intentionally love that for them, even if you're not a love language touch person. Like, just take a breath and be able to hug them is incredible. And number five, they are still learning even if something is delayed. Same thing with you. Give yourself grace. You are still learning even if something is delayed. God's timing is amazing and great things will definitely happen when you continue to believe and take those steps of faith. Woo! All right, my friends, I hope you took something out of this episode and definitely go hug your little ones today. And if you want to connect with me, the best way to do it is on Instagram at Kawai underscore Aquin. That's K-A-W-A-I underscore Aquin. All right, I'll see you on the next one. Hey, mama friend, if this podcast inspired, encouraged, or gave you confidence to take action today, I would love for you to share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me 
at Kavai underscore Aquin. Then drop it in a message to another friend who needs to hear it too. The biggest compliment would be for you to take a minute from your busy mama day and leave me a review and subscribe. I'm so grateful for you and I'd love to keep this conversation going. The best way to connect would be in my Facebook group, bit.ly slash H-E-M support group. Till next time, lots of aloha. Goodbye.